Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Facebook confirmed yesterday that it is considering removing likes from its site. Said users, then why am I even having this baby? <laughs> yeah, that fits in with today's uh, Facebook announcing that they've got their dating app up and going. Oh, boy. For you to, uh, you know, hook up with people you dated years ago or whatever you're going to do with that. Was there a need for another dating app or is it just Zuckerberg realizing, listen, there are billions of people on Facebook. I ought to be furnishing everything. Why would I allow any other app to exist? That's the same one. S- similar reason why he's trying to do the banking thing. He- he's attempting to make Facebook the one-stop shop that it's it's everything you can possibly need from the Internet. There's no reason Facebook shouldn't be the best dating app in the world. Just from user base alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah and its ability to connect people. So Yeah, yeah it's about bulk. Bulk. So, uh, speaking of... 
technology and that sort of thing. Uh, I just read about this really interesting experiment at the beautiful Cornell University. They're trying to figure out how people come to have their political beliefs, and I'm thinking about this a lot lately. Cause We've my, always all wondered this, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you grow up a certain way. Uh, I'm a Democrat like my pappy before me is a classic thing or whatever. It's a regional thing. Um, I've been thinking about this for a lately because my kids, uh, Joe talking here, if you're new to the show, my kids are... Uh, 26, soon to be 27, uh, well, I'll just say 27, 25, and 20. Um, and the older ones particularly are, you know, out into the world. They, they got their friends. They got their environments. They both live in very blue places and um, are to, you know, some degree going off the deep end um, and, and kind of adopting the politics of their friends and the people they hang out with. Easy it, to do. It doesn't bother me, honestly. L- life is long. Y- you evolve. As a political thinker, I know I did, and uh, plus I love them, and and I just politi- I don't define myself through my politics like a lot of people do, but so I'm not that worried about it. They'll be fine, um, even if they're just completely wrong about everything. <laughs> Hilarious, but I do love them. <laughs> having funny. having said that, so they did this experiment. You should, you should hear my brother and his daughter talking. Holy cow! Oh, I'll bet. <laughs> My brother, who my dad said invented conservatism. <laughs> well, and your brother, who's only complained about Donald Trump, is he's not Trumpy enough. Oh, exactly. Um, yeah, and his college daughter. Good Lord, that must be colorful. I just, I, I try not to talk about sure. politics with him, or it's just a very scholarly approach to it. Um, anyway, uh, so they did this experiment at Cornell, and they started with people checking out indie music. Because they wanted to like take a look at this phenomenon without uh, injecting politics into it, and so the long and short of it was they set up these worlds in which participants would check out new music, but they would get information about what other people in their big group were choosing. So here's your dozen songs. I want you to listen to these songs. Tell us which ones you really like. Oh, by the way, uh, so far because eight people have have done this already. Here's what those eight people really liked. And it was just beyond question that the songs that the first couple of people, first two, three, four people liked, they had a leg up, and they almost always won. Total. And then when they removed that information, who liked what so far, it was much, much more random. Wow. So, you know, we're herd animals. We, those of us in particular who are kind of lone wolfy, we don't like to admit this, but yeah, we're tribal animals. The strength of the wolf is in the pack, Joe. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. And you're a man who owns not only a, a wolf howling at the moon shirt, but also a wolf howling at the moon blanket. Am I correct? That is correct, and I had never really connected that those are both things that I own. <laughs> well, I, I, gave, I gave you the blanket as a gift. And I use it regularly. Well, not recently because it's summertime or whatever, but uh, that, that is my winter go-to couch blanket. I bought one for myself, and I used it just last night. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. <laughs> I would love to drop on Sean right now. You're practically a blank, uh, some a scientist who studies wolves, but I don't know what that term would be. Uh, Lupotomist? Something. Lonely? <laughs> Hilarious. You slay me. Anyway, uh, so they did this with music, and, 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 you know, obviously the trendsetters set a trend. But then they did it. They created ten little separate worlds, which I'll explain very briefly, but where they asked people about 
things that were plausibly political, not do you like Donald Trump, not obvious, but what do you think about cryptocurrency? Um, a, a proposal to switch to licensed professional jurors, gene editing, that sort of thing. Um, not obviously on MSNBC all day long political, but plausibly sort of political-ish. And in these ten different worlds, um, in the first two, they didn't tell anybody what anybody ever thought. They, they had it evenly divided, Democrats, Republicans. But they didn't tell them what anybody thought about cryptocurrency or professional jurors or whatever. And the distribution of what the Democrats and Republicans, self-declared, thought about those uh, issues was very, very randomish. And then in the other eight worlds, after the first person responded to the statements, every other participant would also see whether Republicans or Democrats were more likely to agree with the statement. And that statistic updated following each response. And after everyone finished the survey, you could see which ones most Democrats and Republicans liked. And it was astonishing. There was near uniformity among the different political systems based on their perception of what people like them believed. Now, here's where we move from the mathematical and the experimental into the philosophical. Um, is this actually kind of embarrassing and dumb? It's kept us alive as a species. What do you mean by that? Because I think you're right. I think I agree. We we need to uh, figure out what the bulk of us want to do in our tribe that we feel like is protecting us and we're helping protect, and we all need to get on the same page to survive. Right, yeah. If, if That's the way we're built from an anthropological standpoint. Right, if, if you're saying, hey, this antelope meat has been out in the sun for a couple of days, but it still smells all right to me, <laughs> and, and, and the rest of the tribe says, oh, no, 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 you don't need to independently right. you know, right. do a series of experiments on whether rotten antelope meat will kill you. You think, oh, okay, all right. Or some people, most people as I look around are treating their kids this way as they raise them, you see throughout your life, and I think I'll do that too, I guess. Right, good example. Here's here's where it gets a little touchy, I think, in the modern era, is that we've become so tribal and so hostile to the other tribe, there's an immediate rushing to, I mean, for instance, whether to have professional jurors or not. That's one of the reasons I like this experiment. I thought it was a good one. Pro-jurors, yes or no? I, uh, you know, let me think about it for a while, and maybe I could guess whether more Republicans would like that or Democrats, mm. but I don't have the slightest idea. Right. Off the I don't either. I don't either. Or, or, or gene editing. Gene editing, I think, is cl- a little close to playing God right to lifey. That one's easier for me. But cryptocurrency, a good idea or not? I, I don't. I don't know. Um. So I just think maybe yeah, we're definitely because degree matters, man. If you're a little. Um, uh, protective of your family, that's good. If you've built an underground compound with a million dollars worth of dried goods and and, and 50 high-powered machine guns, that's overboard. And I think the tribalism with the antelope meat, that's good, that's healthy, that's fine. But if we immediately just hate on what the other people believe and immediately love what our own people are pitching, I think that's when we kind of... Get led by the nose and end up looking a little silly. Well, our in, our intellect and ability to reason is what separates us from other beasts, and you would hope a little a, bit. You would hope in a lot of areas we could all say, "Well, all the liberals think this, and I'm a liberal, but I, looking at it, I think it's this, or the other way around." 
Um, yeah. All my conservative friends think this, but I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, you'd think we could do that more often than we do. Right, and that's where you get into the level of hostility between tribes. Because a guy like me, and I'm I'm not trying to say I'm better than you. I just I talk about politics all day long. I've just hung around musicians and artsy people my entire life, and so just a function. I just I'm fine with people who believe differently than me. But if you're always super hostile, the conversation where okay, you're super concerned about the homeless, um, and maybe you haven't spent a lot of time thinking about junkies and people who just like living on the street. I spend all my time thinking about how those scumbags have ruined the cities and towns of where I live. But, okay, you know, you got mentally ill people who really need help, and they didn't ask to be mentally ill. All right, all right. If you don't have that much open-heartedness to find solutions you both, or, or at least common ground you both can talk about, that's when things get ugly and stupid, in my opinion. Ugly and stupid, the Armstrong and Getty show. Um, do you remember? Uh, <laughs> do you remember a while back when we found out that saying "long time no see" is racist and you can't say it anymore? Well, we found out that, that politically correct social justice warrior stupid heads think that. Yes, got another example of that for you coming up on the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, boy, oh boy, oh boy. I just, I, um. You're a troubled man. Yeah. What afflicts you? I watched a long video about intersectionality the other day. Oh, yeah. At the highest level of complexity. The world's most dangerous cult. Which I had never gotten into this high level of complexity, and it's, it's, whew. It's it's something, and the number of people who are into it is is really troubling. Um, and uh, here, here's some more of that sort of stuff. Now, uh, I did see this in the New York Times just this morning. How paying for college is changing middle class life. When getting a degree is seen as a moral obligation, families will spend whatever it takes. Yeah, I'm going to try to single-handedly turn that around. And since I can't turn that around, I'm going to turn it around for my family. I'm not going to see it as a moral obligation or even a cultural obligation to go to college because it's become so freaking crazy, the stuff that some of you people are studying. And I'm talking about this that just came out of the University of Kansas, a university I actually attended for a semester until I couldn't keep up with the accounting. Um, (laughs) Graduate-level accounting. A guy with a thick Nigerian accent, and I just couldn't understand him. I mean, it was going to be hard no matter what, but I couldn't understand him. And if you can't understand what the teacher's saying, it's very. I didn't even know what he was assigning us, let alone how to do it. <laughs> wow. Was he a Nigerian prince? Uh, but anyway, the University of Kansas has labeled the phrase, my pleasure, as hate speech. My pleasure? My pleasure. Oh, thanks for getting me that. My pleasure. Thanks for the ride. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. What the hell? After students were triggered during a visit to a campus Chick-fil-A. According to reports, one staff member approached a group of students 17 times during their half-hour visit just to check on him. The worst part, according to the students, was every time the staff member walked away from the table, he said, my pleasure, in response to the requests, as if he actually enjoyed his job, says this writer who's being sarcastic. It's more likely a, some sort of corporate 
policy that they have. I've been at jobs where I've been instructed to address and say my pleasure. Really? It's also something polite people regularly say, yeah. and nobody's ever thought it was a big deal in the past. <laughs> uh, this set off the students. They eventually left their food at, uh, food at the table and walked to the counselor's office. Other students reported that the staff member quickly cleaned up the mess, blah, 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 and uh, said my pleasure to nobody in particular as they were cleaning up. The reason the students were so upset can be attributed to school curriculum concerning employment. According to the University of Kansas, the definition of work is a task one is forced to do at gunpoint for a capitalist. Oh, for God's Let sake. me say that again. According to the University of Kansas, the definition of work is, quote, a task one is forced to do at gunpoint for a capitalist. The university defines pleasure as enjoyment and entertainment, not done out of necessity for a capitalist or a fascist. This would indicate that Chick-fil-A employees generally enjoy doing their job for a fascist capitalist and likely a racist. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was a little frustrated the other day. We were communicating with a good friend of the show. And they had just checked out that video, or they were reading about it, and they said, I hadn't realized that it was this serious and this out there. And I felt a little bad, because I feel like, you know, maybe my rhetorical skills have not been up to snuff, and I haven't communicated properly how freaking insane the stuff is that they're teaching our young people in colleges and increasingly in high schools and elementary schools witness the bizarro right. curriculum right. just run off the flagpole in Cal Unicornia. Yeah, and it's creeping, creeping down into your public schools at a much younger level, which is why I get to the how can we have going to college become, be a moral and cultural obligation if this is the crap people are learning? I mean, it's yeah. just freaking unbelievable. That's why Jordan Peterson says it's now a net negative for the United United States, our university system. I and think he, he the, might be... Go ahead, sorry. Well, this is just some crazy, crazy ideology that I don't know how it's going to turn out in the long run. Right, right. Well, you know, it's funny that this is going on just after we got done reading uh, Heaven on Earth, that fabulous book about socialism by some guy, because I am congenitally unable to remember the name of authors. I don't remember who wrote the Bible. Was that uh, James Patterson? Uh, I just... <laughs> I, I, I can The Bible! Was that, was that Vonnegut? <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, but uh, Heaven on Earth is, is the book, and they're talking about the section on China, which has been something I've been really interested in since I was a, a college boy, back when they taught us uh, like history and facts and stuff and not ideological bull crap. But the uh, the Red the red Brigade, the uh, you know, the, the youth, it was the, the Chinese version of Hitler youth, that they got all these young people, high school, college age, whipped up with ideology and got them to report on their parents and their teachers and the local people and the rest of it. They would drag them out into the street. They would beat them. They would torture them. They'd humiliate them and often kill them by the millions and millions to the point where Mao, Chairman Mao, had to send in the military because his own creation had gotten so out of hand that you know how youth is. You fall in love like a lunatic. You dedicate your life to something for six weeks and then something different. Um, and it's, it, this is scary. I'm not a, 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 a fear monger. I'm really not. And I'm telling you, it's way out of control. So I, I've, I've been trying to nail down for the last few minutes whether or not this whole My Pleasure University of Kansas thing is real or not, or it's, you know, I'm getting yanked around. I got fooled by something a couple of weeks ago that turned out to be phony. The reason you can get fooled is this stuff is so crazy. To a normal person, how can you tell something that's parody from something that's real? 
Right. I'm, it's, right. The, the, the uh, long time no see, that was a real story. Real universities labeling that as a racist statement. Yeah. So is my pleasure a racist statement because the way it fits in with capitalism and that Chick-fil-A is Christian and all this stuff? Might be. I don't know. I can't figure that out. I got another example of that that is over the top coming up, but right now we need to find out what Marshall's got in his news. In well, we got Biden's bloody eye. Oh, we will geez, we haven't, we haven't talked about Yarr. Joe Biden's bloody eye for two hours. Now, we'll continue our full team coverage on that. And, boy, I'll tell you, AI, scary smart these days. We have the latest test results coming up. The leading candidate to take on Trump is bleeding from variety of orifices on TV. <laughs> Okay, so it would seem with a little research that I may have been hooked by satire on this whole my pleasure is hate speech at the University of Kansas. Uh, But my point is, it's so crazy now, you can't tell. You tell me that's true, I think, yeah, I believe it. You tell me it's funny, okay, somebody made it up. But there's so much craziness going on, including this. Um... The other day I came around, this is actually from a Harvard professor came up with this idea of interest convergence. He's written a paper on, if a white person tries to help a minority, the only reason they're doing it is to look good for other white people and increase their status among other white people. There's no no such thing, according to this Harvard professor, as a white person helping a minority to actually help a minority. It's only to increase your privilege among other white people. Wow. And if you, of course, if you believe that, we're doomed. <laughs> I mean, there's just... It, that is one of the most, like, 100% committed, systematic, racist beliefs I've ever heard in my life. Right, but so that is, that's real. So, you know, what's real and what's, you know, an exaggeration or satire? How would I know? How would anyone know? Uh, well, coming up, Jack, what's your intersectionality score? We'll let everybody play along at home and in their cars. Uh, but if if someone were to say, I believe black people are inferior to white people intellectually, that's racism. If someone, if someone were to say, I believe black people are incapable of ever doing the right thing, that would be a racism of just such an astonishing level. I, I've never even contemplated it. Interest convergence is what it's called. Well, and that's to what Harvard that Harvard professor. guy was saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's something. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Yeah, more troubling health concerns about Joe Biden. Right in the middle of his CNN town hall exchange on climate change, it appears a blood vessel burst in his left eye. Can you put the video or picture on the screen, Hanson? I know we've got it at our website, a really good view of Biden's bloody eye. You know whoever else has blood red eyes? Demons. Has bl- That's who else has blood red eyes. Joe Biden and get him a patch. Just disgusting. <laughs> I haven't seen the actual picture. How how gruesome is it? I mean, is it just squirting out of there? Oh, semeny. No, it's like just, a Monty Python sketch. The white in your eye gets red like half of it, and it's kind of right. weird looking. But no, he was not bleeding from the eye. That would have been bad. Running down his cheek. No. Okay. Yeah. So our old producer used to get that. It was just a thing. It's the All thing right. some people get. Although, if the knock on you is you're too old to be president and your eye goes bloody during a speech. It's not a youthful look. (laughs) No. Right. No, exactly. And a Washington examiner says a broken blood vessel in the eye can be caused by a number of things, including high blood pressure, bleeding disorders, blood thinners, or even excessive straining. 
Oh, so maybe, and this does happen to older folks, he, he forgot his Metamucil and he, he felt the urge just before he went out on stage and he strained a bit. He busted an eye, uh, 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 an eye uh, blood vessel. It was like Elvis, but not nearly as bad. <laughs> I but, couldn't pass last night's dinner. That's my word as a Biden. <laughs> Biden has been plagued by health issues for years. In 1988, he suffered an aneurysm that burst and required him to undergo emergency surgery. The then senator was so close to death, they called in a Catholic priest to administer the last rites. Which he's had twice, I believe. I don't remember what the other instance was. Yeah. But anyway, he's uh, had a history. Meanwhile, Biden was uh, defending himself on Stephen Colbert's Late Show, talking about some of his recent gaffes. I think it's fair to go after a political figure for anything. Okay? I mean, we're, we stand up and that comes to the territory. But here's the deal. Any gaffe that I have made, and I've made gaffes like every politician I know has, have been not about a substantive issue, been about other, I'm trying to talk about what other people have done. So Uh, did that, uh, what? Did that seem to satisfy Stephen Colbert? I'd like to watch that whole interview. I would that know. was that was an odd rambling statement of nothing. I don't know, but I guess Colbert is more in the uh, Bernie Elizabeth Warren camp than a Joe Biden camp. He led with a, he had this kind of prepared thing when Colbert first brought it up as well. Do you you in the last few weeks you've confused New Hampshire for Vermont? Said Bobby Kennedy and MLK were assassinated in the late seventies. Assured us, I'm not going nuts. <laughs> Follow up question: Are you going nuts? <laughs> Look, the reason I came on the Jimmy Kimmel show is because I'm not. And uh, and maybe an attempt to yeah. hang a lantern on it, as they call in politics, where you have a flaw and you're the one who points it out and makes a big deal out of it, take all the steam out of it. I don't know. Um, I'm surprised Trump has not tweeted about Biden's bloody eye. It seems like such a Trump thing to jump on. He's got to talk about his Sharpie use. (laughs) The U.S. economy, my friends, continues rolling right along. The nation's private payrolls grew a lot more last month than analysts had expected. This morning's report from ADP and Moody's shows 195,000 private sector jobs were created last month. Well, well above the 140,000 Wall Street had estimated. So it's just, that is good economic news. It is just cranking right along. Meanwhile, artificial intelligence is continuing to gain on all of us, with researchers announcing an AI system named Aristo passed an eighth-grade science exam. The researchers at the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence in Seattle said Aristo correctly answered more than 90% of the multiple-choice questions on the exam, as well as more than 80% on a 12th-grade test. The exam included logic-based problems as well, requiring Aristo to invoke human logic to solve those problems. So already, AI is at least as smart in some ways as somebody, uh, you know, who's a senior. You know, I'm, I'm going Andrew Yang on you here. I'm thinking about those two stories back-to-back. You, you got a couple hundred thousand jobs created, and boy... <laughs> You talk to anybody who needs to fill a position right now, you just, you, you wish and chimps could read and write. 
because you just can't find anybody to hire. Right, and we oh, heard this. Yeah. We had the stats last week of how many people get accepted for a job and don't show up the first right. day because they got a different, better job. Right, ghosting. Right. right, and listen, I hate hope because hope is the only thing that leads to disappointment. <laughs> if you have no hope, you're never disappointed. Oh, how but true. Is it, is it possible? <laughs> That's a good title for at least one volume of your autobiography, Hating Hope. Thank you, John Edwards. Keep it away from me. (laughs) Uh, But is it possible we're moving towards some sweet spot of tremendous need for more people, more job growth, and AI maturing just enough to fill up those needs and just turbocharge American business? Is that possible, my friends? Can I count on your vote in November? I'm getting excited. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Sounds like you've got hope. How about this one? Sleepy. <laughs> needs to stomp it out quickly. <laughs> How about Sleepy Bleedy Joe? Do you think Trump will hit us with that oh, later today? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, not good. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the <laughs> conscience of the nation. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's so sleepy, his eyes are bleeding. I've never seen this. Nobody bleeds from the eyes as much as Joe Biden. Have you ever seen such bloody eyes? I got the least bloody eyes anybody's ever had. Look at my eyes. So, Jack, do you want to know your intersectionality score? Of course I do. You've got to know how oppressed you are to know how powerful you are. Cool. That's next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I did this story that at the University of Kansas, they've declared my pleasure hate speech. That might be parody. A couple of people have pointed out, I don't know. And I don't feel bad about having passed that story along because this, I'm just reading now in the National Review, which has been confirmed that at Michigan State University, they have uh, told the student employees to not use phrases like, but, I apologize, and no problem because they're triggers. Like you got a big butt? But as in however. Ah, and let me give what? You, let me give you one example that would show that my pleasure being hate speech is not crazier than this. Do not say no problem to somebody. It should be replaced with you're welcome. You're welcome. If I say no problem to someone, that would lead a customer or a, a student to believe that they could be a problem or could be an inconvenience, and we're just insure, reassure, reassuring them that they're not. Oh, my God. Said this woman who's the MSU faculties manager and host of training. Hmm, for an example of a problem, look at that person. I'm, I mean, I'm, this is all part of the mandatory training entitled Inclusive and Culturally Sensitive Service to Residents and Guests. So if that's true, and that is true and nailed down by National Review, the one example I gave is not crazier than that, whether it's made up or oh, not. No. no, 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 no. We are teaching our children, and, you know, Luke Anoff and Height have written on this brilliantly. We are teaching our children to be mentally ill, to be so rigid, fragile, so alert for offense that they find it in imaginary places. This is sick. Astounding. I'm looking at this uh, same thing. Other triggers were the phrase, it's our policy. Replace that with, here's what we can do. 
Now, generally, somebody, who, <laughs> generally somebody who says it's our policy is pissing me off. But oh, yeah. it's okay that I get pissed off occasionally. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, my God. I, I tell you what, I have no hope for, for this country. Um, I'm back to hopelessness, which is my kind of my comfort zone. Uh, so, uh, alert listener, hang on, I want to give uh, credit where it's due. Alert listener John in Tucson, where we're not even on the air, but people are listening online, has sent along the link to the intersection, uh, intersectionality score, where you can get a score. And the more victimy you are, well, um, I'll just read it to you. What is an intersectionality score? It's an easy and effective way to measure the systematic oppression and discrimination faced by an individual due to their multiple identity factors. The scores have many practical uses. Primarily, it can be used to help those who are historically marginalized. In an office setting, you can easily identify those who may have unique and most overlooked or disregarded perspectives. You can give exclusive opportunities and promotions to people with high intersectionality scores so that they become more represented in positions of power. So this is a systematic way to choose who gets what. Right. Short version would be a woman gets the job, but if there's a black woman, she should get the job. If there's a black gay woman, she should get the job. If there's a black gay handicapped woman, she should get the job. Right. It is a systematic dedication to equality of outcome at all times, which is um, it, it is exactly... Uh, the opposite of what the American system is supposed to offer, which is equality of opportunity, uh, while certainly observing that some people have been screwed and taking reasonable measures to not screw them. Uh, this is absolutely a horror. And, you know, it's funny, that phrase, uh, it's it's about who gets what. When I was, I think, a freshman in college, um, boy, there I was a, a dewy-eyed lad of 18. Thanks, Gladys. And in one of my first classes in political science, uh, the the professor said, what is political science? And we're all expecting something brainy. And he said, it's the study of who gets what. And I thought, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Let's get started. Um, and so this is a way of making sure that there is a rigid, uh, Stalin-esque system for who gets what. So the first question, and you can play along at home or in the office or in your car, are you white or a person of color? I happen to be white. Now, here's where it gets interesting. It's a sliding scale, Jack. It's not a yes, no. It's not a white or person of color. I can go like a third of the way to white. Um, or I can go all the way white. I don't know if I'm like an albino Norwegian. I go all the way white. Pretty sure I'm all the way white. Yeah, I've done the 23andMe thing. Man, I'm a white guy, so I'm going all the way white. Straight or gay? I like girls, but I did really, really like the music man when I saw that. (laughs) So I'm going to go straight, but not all the way. Male or female? Give me a minute. Let me check. Yep, Dude, definitely a dude. Going over there. Cisgender or transgender? I am transgender. Wait, no. I've always been a dude. Rich or poor? Now, I was poor. Now I'm probably richer than poor. So I'm going to go a little rich. Younger or older than what? Younger than my dad and, and older than my kid. I'm leaving that one right in the middle. Able-bodied or disabled? I limp a lot. You you would qualify as disabled for a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Come on. 
Um, right? I'll just go well, how victim do you How many victim do you want to be, dude? Take advantage of the fact that you limp. You're right. I'm Handy going a little further. What's that, Michael? Handicap placard. I did have a handicap placard following my uh, hip customization. English first language, yes. Uh, Born in the USA, no, but I was a service brat. I'm born elsewhere. That's going to help you. That is going to help a lot. More educated or less educated? Then what? I guess I'm a little more than less. Uh, (laughs) Devout Christian, not Christian. I'm more Christian than not, certainly. I am not a Muslim. Uh, I'm also not... I'm, right, Hank. I'm oh also God. So the final one is not Jewish or devout Jewish. I'm, what the hell? It's your whole way binary. I'm definitely not Jewish, but I have a great deal of respect for, for my Jewish friends, coworkers, and associates. I'm just going to leave that one in the middle. Like we have a, um, uh, somebody we work with who is Jewish, and one of the Jewish holidays recently said, this is one of those days where I pretend that my faith is something and I take oof. the day off. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so he would not be devout, although we had another person we worked with who was very devout. Now, getting uh, before I get to my score, which is very, very impressive, um, why sliders, Jack? They answer that question. We believe that people fit along a spectrum of identities. For example, you might be slightly bisexual. Wow, I think you're either bisexual or not. You're not are you slightly bisexual? Only if he's cute? If you... Is it a frequency metric? If you what if I'm 90-10? What about like once every other year? What if it's like the thing, I'm straight, but Brad Pitt, I'd go ahead and take a walk on the wild side. I mean, did you see him take his shirt off in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? <laughs> Only He's the hundred times I've watched it. Got it. Uh, let's see. You might be slightly bisexual, somewhat poor, Jewish, but rarely wear a yarmulke, yarmulke and native-born, but travel frequently abroad. Hmm. Oh, what what does that sake. do to your score if you travel frequently abroad? Does that make you more privileged or more worldly? Oh, interesting. I got no freaking idea. Seems like <laughs> you'd be more privileged because you got more money to be able does to do that. Does a drop down happen after you say you travel the world and ask if you stay in hostels or hotels? Right, <laughs> but, I, but, but I do a coach and I eat crap. Does that make me... So I All just right. have a better view than Americans who haven't been to other places. I already have a pathetically low uh, intersectionality score. I, I don't doubt now, that. Now, is this like golf or basketball? Are we going for... Is, is low score good <laughs> or bad? You want a high score, okay. Sean, okay. because then you get the promotion. So my intersectionality score is 19. I'm going to move the slider about uh, born elsewhere because I was a service service brat and I don't travel overseas much. I'm gonna move it back to the middle. Um, let's see. Uh, wait a minute, that made me less intersectional. Now I'm more privileged than eighty percent of other people. Wow, I feel terrible about that. What if I, uh, out of guilt for being uh, not intersectional enough? If I, like, blind myself and huff paint for a week, so I become blind and stupid. Or what if you just went out and sucked up the dude today? Where does that change your score? You know, it's funny. You know, you, 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 t- you take a shot of something, you grit your teeth, you bear it, you do it. Does that help you out? <laughs> you know, it's funny. You should, As you were saying that, I'm glancing out the window. One of our better-looking coworkers just wandered by. <laughs> Maybe during the commercials I'll go say, hey, I know this sounds crazy. But I'm feeling really conflicted about how how privileged I am. I'm trying to raise my intersectional score by uh, 
and it's 2019, so you can't judge me. Right, exactly. Right. Can um, we slip into the office and, well, you know, perform the act of your choice? So the thing to remember on this, to me, the thing to remember on this politically where it gets the most dangerous is the assumption here is there's no such thing as the individual. You're part of a group. And if you are a Hispanic gay person, you're part of a group that's expected to believe this way and be treated this way. Oh, you have to. You don't get to have individual viewpoints and be whatever you want to be. And that that is troubling. It denies the individual. Well, it denies individual rights. Get in your pen, sheep. Get in your pen and believe what we tell you to believe. That is the mark of every extremist political system. Brad Pitt's 55 now. I think he should go younger than that. Oh, wait a second. He's still got it. I stand (laughs) by my statement. I just had a great idea. I'm going to say I'm devout Christian, devout Muslim, and devout Jewish. Wow. Wait a minute. It's smoking. (laughs) I just really raised my intersectionality score. And that doesn't at all indicate how stupid this is. You've got some internal conflicts, I believe oh yeah i'm i'm literally at war with my armstrong and getty if a new house is on your wish list in the next five years grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an ohio homebuyer plus account from kemba financial credit union a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn seven percent apy a five hundred dollar matching bonus and a fifteen hundred dollar mortgage closing cost credit learn more at kemba.org offer expires march 31st 2025 apy equals annual percentage yield restrictions apply nmls 292230 equal housing lender federally insured by ncua Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 